0: Intelligent, conservative—the answer. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is,
1: Andrea K. I'm so ready, but I can stay, Cause I'm the one that you're looking for.
2: Oh. Welcome back. It is hour two our dose of tonight's Andrea K show. Gotta uh, give a shout out to the listeners who contacted me uh, during during the show. It was the Logan Act. That's what I was talking about with Joe Biden, how he was targeting our man Michael Flynn, right? Okay, so thank you to the listeners for keeping it honest here and helping me out. That would have been driving me crazy. It would have been on the tip of my tongue. Glad to have you guys here with me for hour two. You know who's, who's here with me every night of the week, both hours. Sometimes you want To run with his hair on fire, Um, but he manages to stick around primarily because he's being paid to. It is DJ Potato Skins.
0: And the message said (laughs) DJ Potato Skins. DJ DJ Potato Skins.
1: Andrea, I would be a faithful listener if I did not work on your show all two hours. So let's just be clear.
2: This is true. In fact, there was a Friday recently you were taken off.
1: And I listened anyway. And
2: you listen. And I think you even commented because you didn't like something that went down. I did. I, don't, <laughs> I did. I don't remember. You
1: can't get me away from this place.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Well, listen, I am super excited to have my next guest with me talk about a patriot. This man is running for office in New Jersey for the 12th Congressional District. How many times am I lecturing y'all that y'all? need to get out there and not just yammer and complain about the issues, but actually run for office. He's doing that. He's also host of Not Black, Not White, American podcast. Love that title. Let's get rid of hyphenations. Y'all know I'm all about that. And then on top of it, he's got a documentary out. Man risked his own life to the degree in which he was poisoned to share the truth about what's going on with his border invasion. And his documentary, which opens today, is Crisis at the Border. I am talking about Darius May. Mayfield, follow him on Twitter at Mr. Mayfield USA. Whew, what a mouthful! Uh, full Mr. Mayfield, welcome to the Andrea K. Show.
3: You did a great job. Thanks for having me, Andrea.
2: Well, thank you for what you're doing. And uh, tell us about this documentary. I mean, you know, we cover the border extensively. Of course, I'm in a border town. I'm in San Diego. Uh, we've okay. know, we have know what a crisis is going on. But it's important for people like yourself to document it yourself um, because the legacy media is wanting to get the news out. Tell everybody about what you found in your journey and what you documented.
3: Yeah, I think you're correct. I think it's uh, imperative for people like myself to uh, go out there and actually document these things personally, especially me, me being a black man in America. So I kind of break down the narratives of, you know, what the media can kind of push back with sometimes instead of just coming out and saying I'm racist for doing this or feeling this kind of way. I kind of like mess them up in that way because of who I am and what I look like sometimes, which is exactly where we want them to be back on their heels, because this really is an extraordinary crisis uh, that we're dealing with at the border. In the last year, I've been to the border more times than Joe Biden and Kamala Harris combined. And Kamala Harris is the so-called border czar. Mm -hmm. So that tells you, You know, uh, how ineffective um, and how little attention that this regime is actually paying to the crisis uh, at the border right now. The first time I went out there, I visited El Paso. Um, These last two times, I was able to go to McAllen and Roma, Texas, where we've seen even more. And man, just being out there, we ran into uh, Jason Jones from Newsmax, who was really the only publication out there even covering this. There was no CNN, no Fox News, no MSNBC, and there was a lot of action going on all the days that we were down there. Uh, So much so, we got to go on a a foot chase with Border Patrol and the Sheriff's Office. Um, As you said, I think I was poisoned while I was out there. I ended up getting sick for about two weeks after that trip, after eating something uh, out there at one of their restaurants, and I was just violently, violently ill. Mm. But before that, we were uh, right across the river from Mexico, and uh, they alerted us that the cartels were filming us and um, also uh, taking pictures of us, and they were aware that we were there at one point they started bringing vehicles over just playing narco music back and forth and once the sun started going down you saw those rafts start coming over uh to the american side of the border and literally those rafts would drop people off at the bottom of the bank where there's a lot of brush and everything down there and they would sit there and wait until the sun fully went down to pretty much pop up and try to run past Border Patrol uh, and the sheriff's office there, which we were actually there at one point, and One of the people saw one of the guys run up and she was like, there they go. And we all started chasing with them. But I think one of the most uh, devastating uh, points of that trip was after that, after we you know, went on a foot chase, we went to another part of the border, maybe a half a mile down the road and just saw when we got there dozens upon dozens upon dozens of people literally walking across the border on Mm. foot. And the most devastating part of that was not only seeing the people there, there was one lady in the group that had just had a baby 30 days earlier. Um, So literally she had a baby while uh, making the trek here and continued to walk over to America from Nicaragua with her brand new newborn baby. And one of the craziest things we saw is once they got to that spot, Border Patrol's hands were really tied behind their backs because at that point, all they could do was take out tables, take out chairs, start sitting everybody down one by one, processing them, and then pretty much just bringing them into the country, which are the instructions they have to do. Because naturally, my first question was, well, if we have these people there, we know where they're coming from. Why don't you just send them back? And their answer was, can't. Right? That's not what the Biden administration is going to let them do. So their job is to basically process them, put them on buses, or let them into the country until they get court dates, which we understand a lot of people are never going to come back for those court dates. But right. just seeing it up close and personal and seeing it in real time, all three times I went to the border. And again, this was just on one little sliver of the border each time we went so there's no telling uh what's going on on every single part of this border and as we know now the figures just came out as of october of last year we have now had 1.8 million people are arrested crossing our border illegally and that does not count the gotaways and that does not count the people that were never accounted for at all so we're talking about millions upon millions of people that are just walking into this country and it's going to have devastating effects on our country
2: yeah we're talking to darius mayfield he's filmmaker his documentary is crisis at the border he's also a congressional candidate in new jersey uh 12 district and he's also host of a podcast not black not white American and super excited to have him with me tonight. One of the things that uh, uh, so much uh, uh, of Americans, particularly the bleeding hearts of the left, you know, in their mind, oh, you know, these are just you know people coming here that that. Well, there's different ways that they want to spin it. They want to spin it as though everybody coming here is is um, a, an asylum seeker and has a legitimate claim to asylum, which is not the case because you're not a political asylum seeker unless you're literally fleeing a country that's trying to persecute you. For political reasons, we know that's not the case. It's economic. Not to mention the fact that, you know, we've got people coming from all around the world here, Darius Mayfield. These are not just people coming up from Nicaragua and Honduras or Cuba. I mean, I think you document people from India.
3: Yeah, actually, uh, there's about over 100 uh, people from over 140 different uh, countries every single day that try to cross our border, um, of the ones that they've actually captured and been able to document uh, that information. There was one family there that was an Indian family, and they quickly uh, determined that this guy's story just didn't fit his look. Um, He looked very clean, had on new clothes, said that he actually came in from Cancun, and they jumped all over that right away and realized. Realized this was somebody that was probably working with the cartels, uh, a lookout or whatever it was, and uh, pulled him to the side, separated him from his group very quickly uh, to start uh, an even more in-depth inter- interrogation of him.
2: What's the, like, it, What is there like one or two main things that jump out at you? I mean, it's almost overwhelming because it's a crisis it's a it's a humanitarian crisis. It, it involves uh, human smuggling. We found out today that some Texas judge, who's an, a federal judge from Texas, who's an immigration judge, was actually, was actually caught today and busted for human smuggling. So we know it's it's a human trafficking issue. It's a humanitarian crisis yeah. issue. Uh, children yeah. being sent up by coyotes brought here. We also know the drug cartels are sending so much fentanyl here. I mean, it's got to be when you visit there. It's got to be almost like shock and awe. What is like the top two things that stood out to you when you saw this crisis?
3: Yeah, I think a little bit of what you just explained. You know, one of the things that was explained to us while we were down there is that Under the Obama administration, we had things like Fast and Furious, where we had all those illegal guns running um, through cartels because of the incompetence of that administration and our Attorney General, Eric Holder. And they explained to us that under Obama, it was a lot of guns going back and forth over the border. Obviously, Trump came in and a lot of that changed because they were so tough on the border. But now under Joe Biden, it's not guns. It's what you said, human trafficking. So people are being trafficked like guns were under the Obama administration times 10 at this point. And I think... One of the most uh, concerning things, one of the things that sticks out to me most about this whole issue is especially coming from the Democratic side that no matter how we talk about this issue, they'll never really acknowledge those things, the things that we all know are happening at the border, whether it be human trafficking, uh, whether it be the drugs coming over, whether it be the violence associated with it at the border, especially for those living in border towns uh, right there, and just not being able to respect that nuance and have an intelligent conversation about this instead of always jumping to the he's racist or this mm-hmm. one just doesn't like these kind of people for doing that. You know, this is about the 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 safety, the health and security of the American people, as well as those people making the trek. You know, that's why I was such a proponent um, and thought the Trump administration did such a great job when they introduced that stay in Mexico policy. And it's mm-hmm. really sad that this administration um, reversed that because we had really fixed a lot of the problems or at least began to fix a lot right. of the problems because... One of the issues with this particular issue is that, you know, Democrats seem to feel that We are the policemen of the world. We are here to fix all the ills of the world. And that's just not the case. You know, we can um, and we have, you know, fixed a lot of things. But it's also incumbent upon us to put the pressure on other civilized nations to make sure they're doing the things to fix their nation so we don't have some of these problems. And I think that's what the stay in Mexico policy was really starting to do as where we had Mexico put over 25,000 troops on their border um, to protect our border and their border from people crossing for the first time ever. A lot of negotiations went into that and it wasn't just Mexico. This this policy affected Guatemala, those mm-hmm. other countries in South America too. And what I think was going to happen, what was starting to happen was you know, obviously if you put that stay in Mexico policy in there and you got people just jammed up at the Mexican border or inside of Mexico, there's going to get a point, get to a point where the people in the government of that country realize this isn't working for them either. And they need to put the pressure on the countries below them to make right. sure their people are traveling to their country to get here as well. So I believe it would have had um, a chain reaction. And it's really just sad um, that the Biden administration once again uh, played politics and got rid of this policy so hastily when it was doing so so much good, mm-hmm. not only for this country, but for other countries, and to kind of start quelling uh, this problem that we have, because, one the, again, one of the biggest things we see is people making these, you know, month-long journeys. You know, when I went to El Paso the first time, when we first saw the big group of about 100 people walking towards, towards us, the first thing we noticed was a girl that couldn't have been any more than 12, 13 years old being carried by two people because her feet were so blistered Ugh. from this journey. One of the women in our car rode down the window, took the the shoes right off of her feet, and gave it to that little girl so oh, she could walk
1: with wow. me.
3: so I think you know, for us, I think this is a great time that not only Republicans, but people around this country are starting to wake up. Even democratic officials are starting to wake up. You see Eric Adams, the New York mayor and the DC mayor now complaining after advocating, you know, for letting illegal immigrants in and and calling all of us racist for not wanting to do that. Now you see them going on national TV and complaining that those same illegal immigrants are now taking up their resources in their cities, taking those resources away from American citizens.
2: Right. And, but you, expand that across the country you know it's sad that there is poverty extreme poverty and and famine and all kinds of uh, crises happening around the world, but we we can't we can't take it all on. We're already thirty trillion dollars in debt. If we let everybody who comes in here who ha- who is dependent on the fellow taxpayers come in here, it will just it will just be the final death knell of the United States of America. We we are the, we have been the greatest force of humanitarian aid around the world since our country's uh, inception, and we are perilously on the brink of economic destruction. And we can't take in continue to take in millions and millions of people that don't speak the language can't you know go out and compete in the workforce that have to, that yeah. quite frankly are an economic drain and that's just the economic truth you know it's like you got to put your mask on yourself before you put it on your child it's that concept and so you know we we've got to stop this immediately because we already got two million in and you're right that's doesn't even include the Godaways, and they're just pouring in pouring in and there's no end in sight I'm so glad to have you here with me tonight and hope you come back. Tell everybody how they can um, support you, your campaign, and uh, continue to follow you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you guys can find me on a few sites. Uh, my first site being my campaign website, which you can find at www. Darius Mayfield for America.com, and that's four FOR. Uh, you can also go see the border documentary, Crisis at the Border, at www.DariusMayfieldForAmerica.com Mayfield for com forward slash border crisis. You can also see me on my social media platforms on Twitter. I'm at Mr. Mayfield USA. On Facebook, we are at uh, Darius Mayfield, and you will see we're verified on there. And on Instagram, we are at Darius, the number four uh, America. So Darius for America on Insta- Instagram.
2: Well, man, you are a, you are red, white, and blue all the way through, <laughs> and we just love you so much. Thank you for being here tonight. Oh,
3: thank you for having me, and hopefully, I'll see you guys again soon.
2: Absolutely, take good care. All right, now you come on back. We're going to take a little uh, skinny, tiny little break, but we got more to talk about. Like, who is Biden going to bribe next? with your taxpayer dollars. We're going to talk about it when we come back.
3: Andrea Kay, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. There's this new thing going on out there, this trend that people are taking canned cinnamon rolls like the 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 grocery gro- grocery store kind, and putting them in a pan and then putting a bunch of heavy cream around them and then mixing up like some brown sugar and butter and putting that over the top and baking them. This is like the new. This is like the total new big trend going on right now in food. Has anybody tried that out there? It's I never so heard good.
1: about it, but I uh, and I'm not a big sweets person, as you know, but I do love me some good cinnamon rolls. I love, but I like. I, I like the Cinnabon
2: kind. I like them to be super soft. That's supposedly what this trick does is it turns them into the ooey-gooey well, Cinnabon kind. It. Yeah, I like the Cinnabon kind.
1: Yeah. I think uh, we should do an experiment here on the show have you do it and bring it in.
2: That, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's an idea. There's an idea.
2: All right, I tell you what's not a good idea. As we're going into the midterms, I mean, these Democrats are like, what can we do? Who can we buy? What can we throw money at? Right. In order to in in order to help us secure a win going into uh, the the midterms. Well, Joe Biden has been toying with and signaling uh, that he's going to make a decision. It will be announced tomorrow as to uh, whether or not he's going to bribe voters by uh, paying off their student loans. And it is expected, this according to multiple news outlets, it's expected, he's expected to announce tomorrow that he's going to pay up to $10,000 for student loan forgiveness. It will cost an estimated $300 billion. Um According to the Penn Wharton budget model, a one-time maximum debt forgiveness of $10,000 for borrowers. Borrowers who make less than $125,000 will cost around $300 billion for taxpayers.
1: <sighs> it is so obvious that it's only being done for votes.
2: Right. Um, There's so much wrong with this. Let's think, about, let's think about how this is such income redistribution communistic crap And, it, you know, liberalism is all about the unequal treatment of some people under the guise of equity, right? The idea that you're going to pay off, you're basically going to go to somebody who makes $125,000 a year and go, you know what, we're going to pay $10,000 of a debt that you owe. What about somebody who makes $125,000 a year from a small business they started and they've got... $200,000 $200,000 in debt because of equipment that they bought, because of a building that they bought, to, to because of research and development that they've invested in, and these are people that have about 10 to 20 people on the payroll. That's actually somebody who's contributing to society. If you're making $125,000 a year, depending on where you live, you should be able to pay off your student loan, and if you can't, then you probably got a crappy degree, and I don't care. Go figure it out, because you know what? It took me 11 years, but I paid off every dime of my student loan.
1: I know so many people that went to, went to college, including myself, and you know what? If you, if you can't afford it, you either shouldn't go or get another job, work twice as hard, and pay it off yourself. right. Why are they why
2: are they picking and choosing the uh, we've got Americans oh, are, are increasing their average debt per household like crazy right now because of the inflation going on and it, that has been inflicted strictly as a result of Biden's policies. But they're going to pick and choose these people over here who have a debt. Why? I tell you why, because they're banking on the fact that, the, that they know that starting decades ago, they took over, the left did, these Marxists and communists took over the colleges and universities in this country. We've been reporting on it for years so that they can churn out little socialist soldiers for the state. They don't want to pay off some small business owners' loan who might be co- actually contributing to America with jobs and, you know, um, and economic ed- growth in this country because that person may vote. Vote Republican. No, we're going to buy the votes of the little socialist stooges who come out of these colleges and universities. That's what it's about. Cuz they're banking on those who can't pay off these loans. They're banking on the fact that these are their these, this is their this is their demographic. That's what this is about. However, there's some people today on the far left that aren't happy with this announcement. Guess who? I said to Skins that I saw a headline that the NAACP wasn't happy about this.
1: Oh, you called this.
2: And I said to Skins, I said, before I read this article, and I you can call me racist, I don't care. I turned to Skins and I said, before I even read the content of this article, I'm going to tell you right now, their their criticism of this is that it didn't go far enough for, the, for black Americans. And I read the article and sure enough, there it was. And I will read it for you myself. Here's what they had to say. The NAACP says the student debt crisis has a disproportionate impact on black borrowers and their families, The NAACP said as part of its 50K and beyond campaign across all racial groups, black borrowers hold the most student loan debt, despite also being consistently underserved by post-secondary institutions. So they have slammed the Biden administration's plan to cancel $10,000 by saying that it didn't go far enough. Here's the quote. If the rumors are true, we've got a problem. And tragically, we've experienced this so many times before, said NAACP President Derek Johnson. This is not how get a load of this this is not how you treat black voters who turned out in record numbers and provided 90 percent of their vote to once again save democracy in 2020 in other words this isn't how you pay us back i don't think there's ever been a more honest statement than a voting block to say you owe us for our vote and we want to get paid that's despicable to me who was it was it thomas jefferson who said that uh, you know the country can't exist anymore when people can vote to get to get paid by the by the government and that's where we're at their argument is that black people deserve to get at least 50k of their debt paid off why now there's there's no they're 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 saying here that well, listen to that. They've got two competing arguments here. One is the student debt crisis. By the way, is is there a crisis? There may be. But let's get, nobody there neither statement that they've made which are both completely contradictory address the fact that if there's a student debt crisis, it's because these taxpayer funded state institutions are gouging the students. By paying people like Focahonis four hundred thousand dollars to teach one class, tuition has continues to hike because these state funded uh, institutions are just like the rest of the U.S. government, where they're bloated, inefficient, unproductive, and they overpay. They've they've got too many layers of staffers and people on the payroll that don't contribute anything and, and expect you just to just live large off the off the largess of the of the taxpayers, right? But we've got two complete com, uh, comp- competing justifications here from the NAACP. One of which basically is the honest one that says we gave you the votes and put you in the White House. Now pay up, and the other one tries to justify it by saying that black borrowers are victims and that uh, they hold the most student loan debt despite also being consistently underserved by post-secondary institutions. What does that mean, Skins? How are you, quote, underserved by post-secondary institutions? You took out a loan. You chose to go to the school. You applied to go to the school. You got in, right? You chose the degree. You spent four years there or maybe five or six. I don't know, depending on if you switched your major. I did the five-year plan. I'm not judging. I'm just saying it can happen. How were you underserved? Did somebody hold a gun to your head and make you sign your name to the student loan? Did somebody hold a gun to your head and make you go to that institution, make you stay there for five to six years? Don't play victim to me.
1: And that's exactly what it's about. It's all about playing the victim card.
2: Yeah. This is absolutely outrageous absolutely outrageous what's going on and i would be saying that whether it was whatever whatever voting block was trying to hold a gun to the head of, of somebody saying we got you in office now pay up take taxpayers money away from hard-working americans and first of all how dumb are you people i mean do you not understand basic economics we're 30 trillion dollars in debt skins there's even Democrats coming out today and saying, "Look, you know, even if you believe that the Inflation Act reduces inflation, whatever. Even if you believe that they said that, that it should reduce inflation and debt by three hundred billion dollars, this would completely wipe it out." That's if if Biden did his original plan. If he goes along with the NAACP and their fifty k and beyond, uh, it would cost trillions of dollars. Don't go to school. And take out the loan. I don't have any sympathy for you. that's what I said at the beginning.
1: If you can't afford it, as much as you maybe want to go to a certain college, if you can't afford it, don't go.
2: Look, you know, I went to a state institution. I, I, I got loans. Took me 11 years to pay them off. I didn't take the full amount out on loans because the rest I paid for by working four to five nights a week. How many of these people worked while they were there? Or were they sitting around doing beer pong all day long? I didn't. One of the ways I minimized my debt was by going to a state school getting out when i could changed my degree to get one that would put me in a position to where i could make enough money to pay off that debt and i paid it off and there were times it was tough so i've got no sympathy for you and i don't want to give you a dime in fact not only do i not have any sympathy you make me disgusted cuz you just got your you know cuz you're you're that's that's like stealing that's the same as stealing to me we were talking about this before i can't stand a thief
1: how come the government doesn't go to people like you and go, you know what? Well, I know you already paid for it, but let, let's give you a refund for yeah. the amount of money that you paid for yourself. Good point.
2: Good point. Where's my refund? This is just using the Treasury to buy votes. And you know what needs to happen when we take back? If we take back, need to, we need to cut the funding on it. Sorry. And by the way, if it's a guaranteed student loan, you best keep making the payments because you're going you're gonna to ruin your credit, and then you ain't going to get another dime from nobody.
1: Oh, Republicans, if you're running, mm-hmm. too, that should be one of your promises. Absolutely. Don't fund that stuff.
2: hmm mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Unvaccinated is trending today on Twitter. Why would that be? Well, we're going to share with you why. What does it have to do with tennis? Well, stick around, and we're going to tell you when we come back. This is the Andre Kay Show on AM 1170. The answer, San Diego.
3: ak dynamite and address or just andrea k whatever you call her don't call her fake news it's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Don't I don't know why I'm so fascinated by this, but a super yacht capsized and sank off the coast of southern Italy today, 40 meters long, which according to this article is 131 feet because no, I don't convert from meters to feet. Um they it was nine people on board, four guests and five crew members. Not as big as like one of the super yachts on below deck med which i love that show by the way not this season so much it's not the same without hannah um nine miles offshore is pretty far they said it sank near marina nine miles offshore ain't near marina in my opinion no no reason stated for why it sank can you imagine i mean you've chartered this boat you're, you know you're spending buku or though the guests may be they may be the owners of it i don't know this is you don't usually hear of like a super yacht
1: no it's- normally not in the sinking
2: news. and the the weather doesn't look like it's much of an issue i mean i don't know i've seen the waters rough on late poncha train off of new orleans so i don't know what to say here the italian coast guard uh rescued all nine members uh, the ship was heading from gallipoli to Molazzo. so interesting um i i know i have weird you know weird things fascinate me i don't know am i fascinated by weirdness
1: Um, I, it's sometimes that story just like, yeah, it's tragic. (laughs) I don't like the fact that it's sunk, but you're um, like, what's the story here? He's like,
2: he's looking at me like, there's no story here, Andrea. I don't know. I just find it. I love the ocean. I'm a scuba diver. Anything related to the ocean, so normally, like, just Just have monitors
1: me. on in there, and if there is a shark on TV, you're like, "Skins, come, <laughs> come see the shark."
2: <laughs> I know anything related to water in the ocean, you know, just just endlessly fascinates me. Exactly. Oh yeah, we'll tell everybody. Jaws is. Has, I am ex-
1: excited. Yeah, let's just tell people now. I was going to wait right. till Friday, but on September second, so Labor Day weekend, mm-hmm. it's going to be amazing because they are re-releasing Jaws in IMAX. So it's that. Big expanded screen with extra picture, and it's going to be in regular and in 3D. Go see it. I will definitely be there. One of my favorite movies.
2: Well, you know, I've never seen it on the big screen. It obviously. is a
1: game changer. You've
2: seen it on the big screen? How have you seen it on the they big screen? They released it, came it out- for
1: one of their anniversaries uh, back, probably about nine years ago, and oh. it is like nothing else.
2: Yeah, I've never seen it on a big screen, and I just and I love it. I You'll mean, watch I can- it at
1: home, and you're after you see it, Andrea, You're like, that's not the same.
2: Right, right. Um, okay, well, I'm definitely going to check out. I'm excited. Out. Yeah, I'm I am too. Um, okay, I used to love tennis when I was growing up. I took tennis lessons. I used to never miss watching tournaments. I kind of, you know... You know, I just kind of lost interest over the My years. Boys I were play. growing up. I used to take uh, yeah. them
1: to the courts all the time.
2: Right. Um, so, um, you know, I, I got more, more uh, attentive recently when this whole vaccination thing, because the world's number one tennis player, who's a total hero, he wanted to play in Australia. I don't remember everything that happened, but they let him into the country, then told him he couldn't play and they kept him under quarantine or something. And just, um, what's his name? Novak Djokovic, I think is his name. Okay, well, evidently, next week is the U.S. Open, which I believe, is that the one in Flushing, New York, the U.S. Open? I believe so. Okay. So, um, we all know that last week or so, or within the last two weeks, the CDC basically came out and said, psych... Um, no, you don't need to wear a mask and distancing is crap and yeah. All the stuff
1: between vax and unvax, all the same.
2: Yeah, treat everybody the same, except how come we still have the military that's not, uh, you know, that is not allowed to serve unless they get the jab. And now, um, the United States is still refusing to relax their mandatory COVID-19 shot requirement for foreign travelers. So, um... Djokovic or Jokovic, whoever you say his name, it, you know, it still can't enter the United States to compete. And next, That's next a week, it's stupid. It just it's one more piece of evidence that this was never about science. This was always about power and control. So of course this blew up on Twitter today because you've got people from Canada going, wait a second, Canadians are not allowed to enter the United States unless they've gotten shots from the northern border. Meanwhile, we can all see that southern border open America and letting see people in letting two million illegals come across the border, you know, letting people flood over. Um there's also reports in Australia Which I used to think of Australia as being so much like the United States. A lot of
1: people thought it was like America on a smaller scale.
2: Right. In fact, co-workers of mine, when I used to work at Xerox, we had a lot of people that would go there because Xerox being a global company at the time. And several people that I worked with went to do like a two-year assignment over there and they came back and said look you know sydney is just like san diego with an accent right they said it was so much like america and so i had the impression that their government was as well oh Oh,
1: how things have turned
2: oh my gosh i mean what they did to their citizens with these crackdowns these lockdowns some of the
1: worst in the world
2: worst in the world beating people on the streets well now Um, There's been many holdouts in Australia, including school teachers and school teachers who haven't gotten the shots in Australia are being paid far less than those that have gotten the shots for 18 months. That's how they're punishing people over there. So what's happening is they've been forced around the world to admit that these shots don't stop you from giving it. Don't stop you from getting it. It's a bunch of crap. But so now, even though the science doesn't back it up now they're just going to have to use other means to try to bully people into getting the shots so then you got to ask yourself why again it's not if about the science,
1: science isn't adding up then there's obviously another reason
2: of course and that has left me and we all know we've reported we had uh, Dr. Naomi Wolf on the show last night to talk about um, her recent uh, findings in the Pfizer documents and everything that's going on there with the adverse reactions. And, you know, I started thinking to myself, well, wait a second. You know, I made the decision to not get the shot because I don't trust it. These were pushed out before trials were done. Naomi Wolf said there's Pfizer documents show that they knew in November 2020 about these adverse events and they pushed them out anyway.
1: Experimental.
2: It's experimental. So I don't want to have some substance that is now showing to kill people or cause blood clots and, and circuitry inside your arteries, just all the different issues, I don't want to take it. So what do I do if I need a blood transfusion? What do I do? Yeah, is, I is thought it,
1: about this off the air. I mentioned it to you thinking maybe you'd never thought about this before. Apparently, this is a thing that's going around that's in people's heads. Well, no, you
2: and I are the only people that
1: really have talked I've about talked it. I've talked to a couple of other people I off not street. I,
2: I, I've, I'm hearing from listeners that the first time I mentioned it was the first, they were like, yeah, I hadn't thought about it. I called the San Diego Blood Bank. Today, and I asked them, I said, you know, I I asked if they were going to uh, store donations separately of those who haven't gotten the shot versus those who've gotten the shot. And the long pause, it was like, no. I mean, the pause went on a really long time. And and I said, have there been requests for that? She said, I haven't heard of any requests. And normally, um, you know, we would know if there's a large number of requests. I think that there's just... I think that there will could be a lot of request that people just hadn't thought about it because you don't typically think about blood transfusions until you need one. And I have I have a brother and a sister, and both my brother and my sister have needed blood transfusions uh for different reasons, one emergency situation and one that was scheduled for different reasons that are their private matters. Um so um if, if two of my s- siblings two of the three of us have needed blood transfusions i got to be thinking that there's a possibility i might need a blood transfusion and, what and are if you i gonna do and if i've got the right to say no to a shot in me why shouldn't i have the right to say no i don't want blood injected into me that has has been injected with these shots
1: don't know what it would do
2: i don't know what it would do i know that i've got a history of blood clots and heart disease and Uh, strokes in my family and i should have the right to not have that so i asked the san diego blood bank i said what about storing up my own my own blood there and they she said well something i didn't know was that uh, basically it's not good after three or four days i didn't realize i i should have realized yeah that there's not a shelf life and I think that we need to put I, I and I've not heard any other show or anybody else talking about this. When I when I mentioned this on Twitter because unvaccinated was trending today, I said I think blood blood banks should be storing separate supplies and not mixing it and I think that you it, it, it you should be able to request um, of course, it also has to be according to your blood type. And I think that once we have a mass blood supplies of the unvaccinated, if you do go in under an emergency, they should they should treat you first with supplies of unvaccinated blood. And I haven't heard anybody mention it. Somebody came back and said, oh, well, aren't you dipping into the Nazi pool? Oh, no, don't be going there with me, fool. Don't be going there with me, fool, because let me tell you, it's the opposite of what went on under the Nazi regime. We all, because there's the hashtag pureblood going around, everybody everybody was equal in the blood. This, this isn't about trying to declare some supremacy thing over anybody. Oh, no. What happened here was Joseph Mangala level experimentation has occurred on human beings, and I should have the right to say I don't want
1: to be experimented on. You don't want your body affected in any way.
2: Absolutely. You do you, and I'll do me, and that should include my medical treatments. It should be just another choice that I get to make. But we're not being given that choice right now, as it relates to blood transfusions. So she said, "Well, if you knew you were having surgery, you could have your family member, you know, donate blood." I'm the only one in my family with my blood type.
1: Yeah, sometimes that might work. Sometimes it might not. I have a rare. I have the rarest blood type. I think this is something that we need to start pushing around the community. Yeah. I think it's worth the while.
2: Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Final segment on tonight's Andrea K. Show. Stay tuned. Don't you go
3: anywhere. Andrea K. telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea Kay K. Show stop. on it's The Answer easy. San Diego.
2: Tomorrow. Okay, don't stop, because it'll soon be here, okay? <laughs> it'll soon be here. Yeah.
1: I know I play this like once it'll a week, but I just can't get enough of it. It's
2: better than before. Okay, yesterday is gone. Yesterday is gone. Okay, it's gone. <laughs> and listen, full stop, it is gone. It is gone, and you know what? We gotta laugh and look look towards the future, right? Because and 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 in the course of doing so, we need to be running over the Mitch McConnells like a freight train, right? And uh, in tonight's primary, more MAGA candidates won, not just a ultra love it, ultra um, nuclear MAGA Desantis himself in Florida, but also Trump candidate Anna Paulina, I think her name is. Uh, won her congressional race. Let's see. Yeah, Trump endorsed Anna Polina Luna wins Florida GOP primary. Just MAGA racking up the wins, baby. I Much, love how you
1: describe DeSantis. Ultra uh, MAGA nuclear.
2: Uh, ultra nuclear MAGA That's man. Great. Yeah, he is. Um, we're gonna have to see if we can play his 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 ad, his it's campaign ad.
1: Fabulous. We're, we're we're talking to powers that be.
2: Yeah, top gov. We don't want to get in trouble running anybody's ad that we're not supposed to run. We got to, we got to make sure. Well, because I mean, you know, we got to be we got to keep it clean here. Of course, you know, course. in terms of the election stuff, you know, because we're a legit media outlet. Um, okay, speaking of illegitimate, let's let's and uh, and playing audio clips. Um, I'm loving this compilation of fraud, Fauci. He is science, and he, yes, Mister Science. Uh, clip three.
0: It's easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science. You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. I'm the bad guy to an entire subset of people because I represent something that is uncomfortable for them. It's called the truth.
2: No, you're a bad guy, little fraud Fauci because you have the deaths of millions of people not just in in America but around the world on your hands. Even if you want to argue with me about shots and masking and distancing and remdesivir and ventilators and ivermectin and beyond, let me tell you something. Him funding that gain of function, this virus would not exist. But for Anthony Fauci, the world's most prolific serial killer. In the world's history. And all I have to say is Bye bye. Bye bye. What I would like to say is enjoy your time in the clink. But I disagree with Naomi Wolf. I don't think the Republicans have the cojones to put him behind bars. I don't think it will happen. But at the very least, could he be fired? Like how many Americans lost their and jobs under Coven? Yeah. See y'all tomorrow night.